shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Every single spring, that first day that I walk outside and I see that yellow dust all over my truck, I'm like, that is Satan's dandruff. It destroys me. I legitimately can't go outside for longer than three minutes because my eyes get swollen, my eyes get puffy, my nose gets congested, and I just simply can't breathe. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. When I started taking Claritin D about two months ago, I can finally get back outside and play pickleball again, which is what I love to do, but I couldn't do it because my allergies were so bad. Claritin D has legitimately allowed me to go outside again, ready to live life as if you don't have allergies. It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. What is going on, Human Hope Familia? This is episode 116 of the Human Hope Podcast, and I got one thing for you. Men, women, and children, hope is in the building. Hey! That's right. Come on. Come on. Men, women, and children, hope is in the building. Men, women, and children, hope is in the 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 building. Oh man, I'm getting braver and braver as the days go by. As I'm barreling towards 50 years old. I don't know. I got a, I got a new swagger in me. I got a new swagger in me. It's like things just, I ain't, I ain't, I don't shame my game anymore, you know? If I want to be a rapper, men, women, and children, hope is in the building. Like, if I want to be a rapper, then I'm going to be a rapper, which is where we find ourselves. I also find myself, oh, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm holding the side of my face. Just a few days past when I got a tooth extracted. That was a whole thing, wasn't it? That was a, that was a whole thing. Uh, Instagram, you, um... You followed along the journey of my poor little tooth. Uh, here, if you're if you're in your 20s and 30s, take care of your mouth. Take care of your teeth. Because if not, you're going to have to live the life that I'm living, which is emergency dental procedures way too often. And so if I'm speaking a little bit out of the right side of, the, of my mouth, um, just know that I'm trying to let the left side of my mouth heal. And there's all kinds of gross stuff I'm not going to get into as to what's happening in my mouth right now as they've extracted it and I'm letting things heal. But anyway, so if you hear me lisping or a couple things, just know that's why I got a tooth yanked. Also, hello. I went back and watched the video, the videos of myself directly after my procedure. And I apologize to my mom, my grandma, 
my great grandma and all my distant relatives and uh, the generations that have gone before me for my intoxicated state on Instagram. I was, I was a hot mess, <laughs> a hot mess, but it's kind of funny, but I was, I was drunk. I was literally drunk and just insta storing. I, I announced that I was going to be on a summer worship tour while drunk, literally while intoxicated. I was like, Hey, come meet me on the Phil Wick and Brandon Lake tour, which by the way, big news, human hope familia. I'm going to be on the Brandon Lake Phil Wickham tour, not intoxicated from the drugs that the dentist gave me. I shall be completely sober and so I came sober and dropping some words on y'all. I mean, let's, let's just look it up right here. Summer worship nights with Phil Wickham and Brandon Lake and Carlos Enrique Huitier Guzman and Chibo Cabello. I'm pumped. We're going to be in, starting in August, I'm doing 16 dates with Phil Wickham and Brandon Lake, and I'm going to be dropping my human hope message in these arenas. It's an arena tour. If you guys go to summerworshipnightstour.com, I think, or just go to my website, you can buy tickets. But we're, we're hitting, we're going all over. If I, if I didn't get to see you and give you a hug on the Here For You tour with Annie and myself headlining that tour, I'm not headlining this tour. I'm just coming out there to drop a 25-minute message on all y'all's heads. But I'd love to see you. We're doing August, Tampa, Florida, Charlotte, North Carolina, Norfolk, Virginia, Newark, New Jersey, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Chicago, Illinois, Indianapolis, Indiana, Reading, Pennsylvania, that sold out. Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, I think Charlotte sold out too. Um, New Orleans, Louisiana, San Antonio, Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, Ontario, California, Fresno, California, Sacramento, California, San Diego, California. And these are all arenas. So I don't know. It's going to be cool. It's going to be different to be talking to, you know, 5,000 plus people in arenas every night, but I'm excited. What, what an opportunity I have. What an opportunity I have and how grateful I actually am that I get to do this. You know, a lot of countries, I wouldn't be able to do this. I wouldn't be able to like get on stage and talk about my faith. I'm speaking more in the faith space than I have in the last, in the last, so in the last month, plus the month of August, I will have spoken more in the last, in the faith space in two months than I have in the last two years. And I, I think I'm okay. I think I'm healing a little bit from some of the hurt that I maybe waded through in 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023. So I'm pumped. So please join me on the road. I would love to see you all out there. I think KB is going to be out on a couple dates. Uh, we are, we are messengers going to be out on a couple dates as well. And it's going to be a great night. It's going to be a great night. If you, again, I, I am, I'm a safe place for you. If you're like, man, Yolos, I don't know if I can do this, like worship music thing, church thing. Trust me, you can come to these things and I will make it safe for you. If you just want to kind of put your toe back in, if you're like, man, I, I do kind of miss some of that. Come on. I would love to see you. And we're going to be doing some, on a couple of these days, we're going to be doing some kind of leveled up Insta Familia meetups. Y'all know I love Insta Familia meetups and I love kind of texting or DMing you guys, not DMing, putting on my story two hours before I'm at a bar. Hey, meet at 10 PM, meet me at the Sacramento brewery. Uh, how many Insta Familia will show up? And you know, 20 people show up. I'm thinking about on this tour, maybe picking four or five cities where I'm like, let's do like, let's like get a space where like a hundred of us can meet and I'll bring some stuff and we'll, it'll be a little bit, you know, fancier Insta Familia meetup. So 
keep your eyes and ears peeled because not only will I be doing the Summer Worship Nights tour, I'm going to be adding some Insta Familia meetups at least once a week on this tour. It's going to be awesome. Okay, so you've read the title of the podcast, what I'm calling this episode, but I feel like I kind of want to start this conversation off by maybe unpacking some of my feelings around when I hear something like, like this. Ready? Here we go. Okay, so what are you feeling right now? Tell me. When I hear this, my heart is kind of swelling with like patriotism. Okay, I don't know the composer of this uh, of this song, Cody Martin, but he obviously tried to make it sound very patriotic, right? This is like, I don't know, like I see Mel Gibson walking out in the Patriot onto the battlefield, Revolutionary War, who knows? This music makes me feel something, makes me feel a semblance of pride in where we live. And I say where we live, and I know not all of you live in America, but I just, I, w- I wanted to play that. Oh, 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 hey. I wanted to play this because it it is moving. It's beautiful. And it does raise, it, it raises some complicated feelings in my heart because I, I would say that up until, I don't know, my late 30s, I just would focus on the beauty and the pageantry of what the 4th of July was. And I wanted to play that because specifically it moves me because I I believe that what uh, this country is all about is beautiful. And like, I I do like, I, I love this country. I love the ideas that it was founded on. I I love the fourth of the fourth of July. Like I I I love Roman candles. I love fireflies. I love sweet tea. I love drinking beer. I like doing all the the, the things that Southerners do on the fourth of July. I love the opportunity that this country has given me. I'm grateful for the opportunity that this country has given me. Uh, has given my family. I love that my dad, who is a black Panamanian immigrated to the United States in 1960. I keep forgetting the year. With $20 cash in the shoeshine kit. I love that. I love that he immigrated here and he he made it. You know, I'm moved that men and women have sacrificed literally their lives for me to be able to continue in this experiment called America. Like I love America. Understanding, though, that loving something doesn't mean accepting its dysfunction, right? Like, I, I love my kids and the experiment that my kids are. But just because I love them doesn't mean that I'm just going to let them be and not be the best that they can be, right? It's my responsibility as their parent, as their dad, to continue to pour into them. So understanding that... And, it, and I think because of that love that I have for this country, I want this country to get to the place where 
the ideas that were written about in the Declaration of Independence in 1776 are no longer ideas, right? They're truths. But again, as we celebrated two days ago, and maybe continue on to when you're listening to this podcast, as America celebrated, again, our divorce from the Brits, there are people groups in America that continue to fight against modern day contradictions to the country's promise of equality. It's true. So the 4th of July, for some of you, wasn't complicated at all. I, <laughs> some of my fourth, of, some of my favorite memories of summer have been from the 4th of July. Just, you know, not only like the, the barbecues and all the things, but I just remember sitting like in the Lenox Mall parking lot as a young kid and watching the 4th of July and just he hearing all the patriotic music. I, I love it. Like, I absolutely loved it, but, always but, I will do all of those things. I will even sing the Star, Star Spangled Banner continually on the 4th of July while holding America accountable to the lyrics of the final verse of the Star Spangled Banner. Have you ever heard them? Let me read them to you, okay? Oh, thus be it ever when free men shall stand between their loved homes and the war's desolation, blessed with victory and peace, May the heaven-rescued land praise the power that had made and preserved us a nation. Ready? Then conquer we must when our cause it is just. Oh, he's a, he's a good poet. And this be our motto, in God is our trust. And the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. Our first partner on today's show is Athletic Greens. Y'all know I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every single day because I tell you, I take it every single day for my gut. I have tried everything. I literally tried everything. Got the colonoscopy, got on the, you know, acid reducers, all the things, and finally took AG1. And literally my nausea and heartburn began to go away. I take AG1 in the morning uh, because it's just the most, for me, it makes the most sense to take it in the morning. Uh, and I just, I get, take, get my little scoop, put it in my water. Or if I'm on the road, I use the travel packs and it has been so easy for me to keep up with this supplement routine because these bad boys get to travel with me in little packets. Again, really quickly, not only did it help me with my gut, but it helped me with my focus. I drink one less cup of coffee, and maybe it's placebo, but I think it is Athletic Greens that gives me that little extra boost. I need all the human hope familia to jump on the Athletic Greens bandwagon with me. It's delivered to me every single month, so it's super easy to make it a daily habit. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash human hope. That's athleticgreens.com slash human hope. Check it out. It is hard out here for a small business. And if you're looking for good work, it could be really hard to find that person. Well, y'all don't have to worry anymore because Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. 
Instead of spending hours on all these job sites trying to figure it out, just go to Indeed. Just head over to Indeed.com. You're going to find the person you are looking for there. I promise. You know why I can tell you that? Because I found my person, Whitney, through Indeed's marketplace. She had uploaded her resume to our Indeed listing and there she was when I needed her. One of the things I also love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because they get us one step closer to the hire by immediately matching us or you with quality candidates, okay? And even better, Indeed is the only job site where you pay for only applications that meet your must-have requirements. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to, I mean, 75 bucks, that's a lot, yo. To upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash human hope. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash human hope. Just go to indeed.com slash human hope and support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash human hope. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire, you need Indeed. I love the 4th of July, but it's also complicated for me. I know it's not complicated for a lot of people, but you want to maybe just dive into some reasons why it might be complicated, knowing that you're hearing this from an American-loving, flag-loving son of an immigrant to the United States of America that is so grateful for this country. I think that I, as a black man, I think that my voice in this, I'll just say it, that my voice in this as a black man that loves America and it is not even remotely like bitter towards America is a safe place for you to be able to process some of these things. So let's have a conversation for just a second about it, right? I'm going to kind of be hopping back and forth between some things that I have uh, specifically looked up about the 4th of July, but remembering that like the ideas and principles that our country was founded on will, I believe, propel us forward to finally one day land in a place where those ideas and principles are actually happening in our country, right? Have we come a long way? Yes, we absolutely have. But this great experiment, which really is what America is. Remember, we're young. We're so young. We're baby country, baby, okay? It's still an experiment. It's a great experiment that I believe is still kind of beta testing. And I believe we will get to a place one day where there's justice and freedom for all right I, again going back to my dad I, I i went back a few years ago with my father to visit panama colon panama and to see I, there's a, a youtube video we'll put in the show notes for my youtube channel of when i took my dad i think it was three-part episode and i just remember seeing the slums that he grew up in and how how much even in 1960 as a black man that immigrated to the united states before blacks had equality the amount of freedom he must have felt just escaping that, right? So that that's like a true thing is America, we still have things to work on, but it's still amazing. I, I think it's the greatest country in the world. I do. I, I believe that's why so many people are moving here and want to come here. Yes, we've got our problems. But again, I look at my father as an immigrant and I think, yes, like this is, this is good. This is beautiful. And again, because of that, I see my right as an American to make sure that America continues to grow and continues to become what it could be. So as you listen to this conversation today, I need you, okay? If you could just for a second, 
sit back and maybe understand why someone else may have a complicated relationship with the 4th of July. That's all I'm asking is that you literally sit back and listen to understand. Okay. Like if we really get into like the specifics of the civil war, we'll actually see that like right after the civil war, Southerners actually stopped celebrating the 4th of July. Did you know that? Right after the civil war. Okay. Southerners, when the South lost, they stopped celebrating the 4th of July and black freed slaves began to gather and celebrate it. Literally, it says that they would gather in downtown, in the downtown square of Charleston, and they would have poets come up and recite the Emancipation Proclamation. And they would come out and they would celebrate their freedom up until, again, the white Southerners in the South back in the day uh, began to realize, wait a second, we don't want them selling, celebrating the 4th of July. Uh, this is our this is our our holiday, but again, before the white Southerners began to re-celebrate, black Southerners were the only ones that were celebrating the Fourth of July. And of course, then we started to see oppression begin to happen, and we started to see Jim Crow laws begin to explode in the South. Yada yada. Suddenly, again, the Fourth of July became complicated. Is it not celebrated by black people? No, it's celebrated by black people. But I mean, I honestly like, this is just my circles. When, when I'm with my black friends, I don't know if the 4th of July is more a celebration of independence or it's just a celebration, like another day to get together and have a barbecue and light some fireworks. And yeah, you know. Okay, so if, you're, if, if, if you will do me the favor, we're going to dive in a little bit into what this actually looks like. Let, let's start let's start with somebody that made it that was living in America and kind of presents both points of view when I say both points of view was actually impressed by the founding fathers while being born a slave can, can you imagine being impressed by the founding fathers while being born a slave and that would be Frederick Douglass you know I, I believe that that in his famous speech that he gave on July 5th eight 1952. Now, why, why is this important? It's because this is before, again, years before the Emancipation Proclamation. He's given this speech to the Ladies Anti-Slavery Society of Rochester, New York. Okay. So they invited Frederick Douglass, who was born a slave and was a free man now, to speak. But instead of July 4th, he opted for July 5th. Why would he do that? Well, I mean, you can, I'll let you guess. <laughs> and and what, what I love about his speech is that it holds both, like the both and, it, it holds them both really well. The both and of the 4th of July, the ideas set forth in the Declaration of Independence are amazing in theory, but obviously when Frederick Douglass gave the speech, were hypocritical and demeaning in practice because black Americans were not included. Let's, uh, let, let, let's, let's just, let's look at his speech for a second. Okay. I want, to, I want to read you maybe the most famous passage where Douglas discussed what it felt like to see all these amazing festivities and to know independence was not a given for people like him, okay? Now, again, I don't sound like Frederick Douglass. I'm sure, I've never heard Frederick Douglass. I don't know, maybe there's a recording, so I'm not, I'm not going to try to read it like him, but I just want you to remember that this was before the Civil War, okay? Before. This is what he said about the 4th of July. What have I or those I represent to do with our national independence? 
Are the great principles of political freedom and of natural justice embodied in that Declaration of Independence extended to us? And am I therefore called upon to bring our humble offering to the national altar, to confess the benefits and express devout gratitude for the blessings resulting from your independence to us? I say it with a sad sense of the disparity between us. I am not included within the pale of glorious anniversary. Your high independence only reveals the immeasurable distance between us. The blessings in which you this day rejoice are not enjoyed in common. The rich inheritance of justice, liberty, prosperity, and independence bequeathed by your fathers is shared by you, not by me. The sunlight that brought light and healing to you has brought stripes and death to me. This 4th of July is yours, not mine. You may rejoice. I must mourn. What to the American slave is your 4th of July? I answer, a day that reveals to him more than all other days in the year, the gross injustice and cruelty to which he is the constant victim. To him, your celebration is a sham, your boasted liberty, an unholy license, your national greatness, swelling vanity, your sounds of rejoicing are empty and heartless. Your denunciation of tyrants, brass-fronted impudence, your shouts of liberty and equality, hollow mockery, your prayers and hymns, your sermons and thanksgiving, with all your religious parade are to him mere bombast, fraud, deception, impiety, and hypocrisy. A thin veil to cover up crimes which would disgrace a nation of savages. There is not a nation on the earth guilty of practices more shocking and bloody than are the people of the United States at this very hour. Now, that's, um, that's some heavy stuff, Mr. Douglas. Heavy. But remember, this was before the Civil War, right? Now, the, the message that Douglas was giving, it wasn't new. Douglas is prom promoting these ideas constantly. And, you know, there's a couple of, of historians that say that he knew that 4th of July was a great hook and he expected this speech to be a hit. He actually had it printed immediately after delivering it and then went out on the road and sold it for 50 cents a copy. Literally, that's amazing, Hustler. Let's go. And this historian Blight says that he does some of his greatest writing in early 1850s during this terrible personal crisis. And right in the middle of it, because he was having a hard time, is the greatest speech he's ever delivered of the hundreds of speeches that he delivered in his life. You know, that speech, I think, lays the groundwork for the complication of celebrating the Declaration of Independence knowing that the Declaration of Independence was not written with black people in mind. Actually, it was not written with anyone else than uh, like white men in mind. Like that, nobody can argue that, okay? As Thomas Jefferson was writing and they were all in that room get the, getting the Declaration of Independence together, they were not thinking of anyone else but themselves and people that look like them. So already, hopefully, this can help you lean into why it is complicated 
right? Like understanding this, there's like generational trauma that is associated with all of this. You know, if you go back to my podcast with Kobe Campbell a few weeks ago, she talks about generational trauma and how it's actually evident in now in DNA. And so understand this, like generational trauma does impact the 4th of July celebration for not only black Americans, but American Indians. Have we ever even thought about that? Have we thought about whose land this was and then whose land this suddenly wasn't? It's complicated. And I guess what I want to do is I want to complicate it for everybody. Just because it's complicated doesn't mean you can't celebrate it. Just because it's complicated doesn't mean that it's not something that you love and appreciate and enjoy. But the fact that America is still wrestling with equality and freedom proves that there is still work to be done, but also shows us that equality is a value that we still want to actualize as a country and are willing to struggle with until that happens, which to me, I don't know, it's kind of hopeful. I, I found when I was researching this, that the first news, like, like when the Declaration of Independence was like declared, like, okay, first of all, you got to think about it. 1776, July 15th, the signing of the Declaration of Independence was front page news of the New York Gazette and the Weekly Mercury. Okay, so front page news. July 15, 1776, the newspaper ran the text in full and reported that the declaration has been read to the Continental Army's New York Regiment, led by our man, George Washington. Now, so on the, fr imagine for a second, on the front page of this newspaper, you got the Declaration of Independence, July 15, 1776. Also, also, on the front page of the newspaper, there were two freedom notices of a different sort. One offered a reward for a 21-year-old black man named Prince who'd escaped his enslavers and was supposedly had gone towards Rye, New York, or entered the army. The other featured two brothers, Nathaniel and Jacob, who had escaped from separate enslavers near Long Island, New York. So, here we are, the Declaration of Independence in 1776, being run in a newspaper with two kind of search warrants for, for slaves. So obviously, I mean, just that in and of itself, I don't know if you knew, I didn't know that until I did a little bit of research. Knowing that that happened just should give you pause when, when you wonder, well, why can't you just celebrate, you know, because it was, literally it was not written for me. I'm actually, you know, when I think of the founding fathers, I don't hold, this is me personally, this could be anyway, I don't hold like resentment. I don't, I don't think that they knew better. Now, is that, is that an excuse? Absolutely not. But it, it's what they were raised as. It's, it's all they knew. Obviously, if the founding fathers were alive in 2023, which they're not, and they were born in the last hundred years, I think they would have had a completely different view of humanity and what it means to not own people. <laughs> so I, I wanted I wanted to, to to give you that little nugget because I think that's that's an important thing for us to understand that when the Declaration of Independence was published, it was also published along two missing slave announcements. Now, okay, so let's think about this for a second. For slaves that were in Thomas Jefferson's house, their enslaver was literally writing the Declaration of Independence with out considering them at all to fall underneath it. I mean, think about that. They're bringing him water, serving him while, as he's writing this. So it literally fell nowhere in his radar. 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Just the other day, it came back in the mail, my hiya. Listen, I need you to give it a shot. Hiya is not just a vitamin that your kid's going to love. Trust me, you're going to love it too. While most kids' vitamins are filled with five grams of sugar, y'all know I talk about it all the time. Those are so bad. They're actually not even good for your kid. They're bad for your kid, but Haya is made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk. Yet it tastes great and is perfect for the picky eaters. And I made a decision this week to sneak a Haya vitamin to one of my friends, Martha, and her kid when he came over. Now, I did not just stick the high vitamin in his mouth. I said, hey, can I try this on your kid? And she was like, whoa, he scarfed that down. Why? Because Haya tastes amazing. And it's formulated with the help of nutritional experts. Haya is pressed with a blend of, listen to this, 12 organic fruits and veggies and supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, and zinc. Okay, I have loved Haya and I know you will too. We worked out a special deal for Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 15% off your first order. That's right, 15%. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash Human Hope. This deal is not available on the regular website. You got to go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash Human Hope and get your kid the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Now, even, okay, instead of neglecting the 4th of July, black Americans used to, and even still do, advocate and use it to advocate for their own freedom, citing the Declaration of Independence to aid their clause. I literally think that we should read the Declaration of Independence and apply it to every single person, every single person that is an American. Black activist Martin Delaney, he says this, that true patriotism and love of country requires critique. It actually does. Now, let, let's let's think of, now how about immigrants? Okay, we've talked about Black Americans. We've talked about um, Native Americans a little bit. We'll talk a little bit more in a second with them. But what about immigrants? Like People like my dad. What about their complicated relationship with the 4th of July? There's actually a news article in NPR that has six, it's titled Six Immigrants Reflect on Their Complicated Relationship with the 4th of July. And this was from 2022. It says, for immigrants to the U.S., the 4th of July brings mixed emotions, typically marked with barbecues and fireworks. The holiday is a celebration of the country's independence, 1776. This year, six immigrants reflect on what the day means to them and how that meeting has evolved in recent years. Okay, so there's an immigrant from Sri Lanka that arrived in the United States in July 4th, 1991. Al-Resh is his name. And he said, initially, we celebrated our arrival here and we did the pageantry, the hot dogs and hamburgers. And even once I joined the military, it was so much more post 9-11. Of course, as the decades wore on and I spent more time overseas in the Middle East, it made me change my viewpoint. 
And now it's more of a day that I remember how I got here. I don't know if I can really celebrate at the moment because over the last couple of years, and this is important, okay? I've talked about this on Instagram before. Over the last couple of years, the flag, it wasn't flown in like a friendly sort of way. I, and I, I really need you guys to, to sit with me on this. I love how he says this. It was almost like a threat. You know, you have to be a patriot waving the flag to be American. So the fourth, I think it's a day of reckoning for people now. If you, if we go back to 2020 and we talked about my bias uh, and how, how I had a bias towards white Southern men with flags on their chest, it's because the flag was weaponized against me. One of the other um, immigrants said something about it. Oh yeah, this one. This is Becky Diaz. She immigrated from Honduras, arrived in the United States in 1989. She said, in the past, I would say it was more passive, just like fun, not a big deal. Uh, an excuse to barbecue or cookout. In recent years, and, and I, this is just so good. In recent years, it's felt almost like dangerous. It just feels like things that shouldn't have a negative meaning now have taken on a negative meaning, like nationalism, patriotism, the flag, the red, the white, and blue. They just have a different meaning now. There was such a shift in what it meant to love America. Even the demand for loving America was different. I I just feel that. I, I feel that, right? Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't feel that way. But patriotism has gotten really hard because people now, and I didn't feel this before, you know, I mean, I'm almost 50 years old and I've, I, this is, this has been a last six years thing. It, it hasn't felt like in order to be patriotic, you have to have a certain view of America. It just felt like it, listen, if you were, if you're any politician or you are American, you can love America without having to believe certain things, but that's just shifted. So again, I, I, I want people to understand that when criticism is there, it's at least for me, it's not from a place of, I hate this country or screw this country. But just like Becky says, she says, it's from a place of disappointment because this family is country. So there's a few more on there. If you guys want to click on the link and find those, I think that, um, I think it'd be helpful. Now, real quickly, do American Indians celebrate the 4th of July? How do Native Americans observe the 4th of July? It's also complicated for them too, right? Like, I just want us to see how complicated it should be for everybody. You know, perhaps the most quoted language in the Declaration of Independence is the statement that all men are created equal. But many Native Americans remember the signer's final grievance against the king. Ready? This, this, is, this is from Declaration of Independence. He has excited domestic insurrections among us and devoured to bring the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. I mean, welcome your new neighbors. <laughs> From the beginning, the U.S. government policy contributed to loss of culture and loss of land. And again, no, this is something that I didn't realize until our research as well. In the 1880s, the U.S. government developed what has come to be called the Religious Crimes Code. And they were regulations at the heart of the Federal Office of Indian Affairs Code of Indian Offenses that prohibited American Indian ceremonial life. 
so it was enforced on reservations. The code banned Indian dances and feasts, disrupted religious practices, and destroyed or confiscated sacred objects. Under threat of imprisonment and the withholding of treaty rations, the Secretary of the Interior issued the regulations in 1884, 1894, and 1904. And Indian superintendents and agents implemented them until the mid-1930s. For 50 years, Indian spiritual ceremonies were held in secret or ceased to exist. Now, watch this. In response to this policy of the suppression, some tribes saw the 4th of July. They saw, they saw the 4th of July and they said, wait a second, what if we celebrate our ceremonies on the 4th of July? So they began to conduct ceremonies on the 4th of July as a way for Indians to learn patriotism to the United States and to celebrate the country's ideals. So that history is why a disproportionate number of American Indian tribal gatherings take place on or near the 4th of July because the superintendents in all these territories forced the Native Americans to celebrate the 4th of July. But then the sneaky original OG Americans said, okay, We'll just celebrate our native rituals because you're letting us celebrate and dance on the 4th of July. We'll just say that we're celebrating the 4th of July, but we're actually celebrating the things that we believe in. So it's complicated even for Native Americans. It's complicated. But Carlos, Carlitos, I mean, can't we just, can't, I mean, it's been 200 years. Why can't we just get over it? Why can't we just move on? Because why in the world would we want to? Why would we want to forget how we started this experiment and where we are now? The line, the data point of America is the beginning, is 1776. So now in 2023, we've got, we, we can look, we can look at the map and we can look and say, hey, we've got, we've come so far and I believe we still have a ways to go. And, you know, if we're still celebrating something that happened 300 years ago, why is it so absurd to think that a people group would still be affected by something that happened 200 years ago with, let's be honest, ramifications that are still being experienced today? You know, Black American culture, they're really good at grieving communally. And that's just not something that a lot of people are comfortable with. And I think, I think that's why it makes people uncomfortable to maybe grieve a little bit on the 4th of July and say, you know what? I love America, but I am also going to look at those that have a complicated relationship with the 4th of July and say, I see you too. I see you too. Man, that was a lot. I didn't mean to even go this far. But I, I just believe that, I believe that as we, you know, I actually purposely, I almost put this episode out last week, but I, I wanted everyone to be able to celebrate and to feel and to be able today to be able to look back at what you felt on the 4th of July and ask yourself, okay, those are the things I felt. Can I understand now that I felt those things? Cause we all have, can I understand why somebody else might have a, a different relationship with the 4th of July? And again, this is, this wasn't a conversation to convince you of anything as opposed to just having you listen to, you know, understand. I mean, for most immigrants that come to America, they're, they're coming from countries that aren't just like poor and impoverished, right? So like my dad, when he came to America, he wasn't coming uh, from like a, like a dictatorship country. He was, he was just coming from a poor country. But some immigrants, many immigrants, they're coming from countries that are especially oppressive. And so the freedom that they have in America, though it's still imperfect, 
is something that they're incredibly grateful for. And so I would even say to those people that are looking at like, no, see, America's got a ways to go. But people are coming here because America's great. Okay. So, I mean, people are literally like fleeing their homelands to come here because we got goods here that they ain't got. So be proud of those things. I think it's okay to be proud of those things. I don't know if you guys know this, 18% of the Union Army was comprised of immigrants. 20% of the Medal of Honor recipients have been immigrants. So anyway, I, I just, I, I want the viewpoint from both sides of wherever you sit on when it comes to the 4th of July. I want you to be equally understanding of people that view it differently than you. That's it. So what I want to do to end this is I want to play another song that I think is patriotic and that may be will allow you to understand that while some of the patriotic songs were being penned and played as a celebration of the independence of many people in America, that some of these songs were also being penned while people were still waiting for their independence. Oh, freedom. Oh, freedom. thought of freedom, I want to say to everyone listening to the podcast, I'm grateful that you lean into these conversations with me. Um, I'm grateful that you share these conversations with other people because I believe that our empathy is going to be the thing that leads us and so many more people towards a freedom that they don't even know that is there for them. I'm just, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for America. I'm grateful that I'm able to live in this beautiful country. Uh, and I'm grateful that this country allows me the opportunity to make it even better. Love you guys. See you next week on another episode of Human Hope.